Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. When Moses was up on that mountain in the presence of that burning bush, and God spoke to him and said, Moses, I want you to go and release my people from slavery. Moses asks, who are you? They're going to ask. And when they ask, who sent me, I want an answer to give them. And God spoke to Moses and he said, I am who I am. You tell them that I am sent you. Literally meaning the God who is. The God who was, and the God who will always be. Jesus, too, said, I am. Oh, there are places in the gospel where they are obliquely referenced, and we can draw those connections. But in John's gospel, seven times... Jesus just lays it out there. He puts the cookies on the bottom shelf. He wants no one to miss what he is saying. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open them to the sixth chapter of John, where we encounter this first of the seven I am statements. And I encouraged you all to read the sixth chapter this last week. I'm not going to ask you if you've read it, but I'm going to ask you to read it again this next week. Because this statement that Jesus makes when he says, I am the bread of life, can more fully be understood in the context of this entire chapter. It starts off with Jesus feeding the 5,000, and we read that it was near the time of the Passover Feast, which would have meant that the people were thinking about Moses. They were thinking about walking through the Red Sea. They were thinking about, in the desert, God providing bread of heaven. The manna came down and fed them. And they believed that when the Messiah came, that the storehouse of heavenly bread would once again be opened and they would be fed 
Jesus feeds 5,000 men plus the women and children from a handful of loaves and a couple of fish. And everyone's excited. The disciples most of all, hoping that Jesus would be the answer to their political struggles, even their religious struggles. Jesus knows this, sends the disciples away before they can whip the crowd into a frenzy. And once they have gotten in the boats and returned to Capernaum, then he dismisses the crowds and then goes up to a mountain to pray. And the disciples are fighting against the, the northeasterly winds as they strain toward the shores of Capernaum. And Jesus walks on water and then approaches them. And they are frightened. How did you get here? Later on, the people that were back where Jesus fed the 5,000 are saying, where, where did he go? We know he didn't get in the boat with his disciples. But if we find the disciples, we're sure to find Jesus. So they get in boats and they go and they ask him the same question. How did you get here? When did you get here? That legitimate mystery that Jesus represents for us. For we who believe... We still can't totally figure him out. And nor can the rest of the world. And Jesus, boy, he just nails them. We pick up that narrative in the sixth chapter with verse 25. When they found him there on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you're... You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, well, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers, they ate manna in the desert as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It, was, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He or she who comes to me will never go hungry, and the one who believes in me will never thirst. 
But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. And at this, the Jews began to grumble. You are seeking me not because you saw the miracles, but because you ate of the loaves and had your fill. Don't work for food that spoils, but for that which will endure eternally. They couldn't think beyond their own stomachs. All they wanted was their next meal. I had breakfast this morning. Hopefully, most of you did as well. And uh, after service, right before I enjoy my PLN, which is a post-liturgical nap, Jody is going to bring me a sandwich. I'll have lunch. And I'll eat dinner tonight. Because the breakfast that I had this morning is not enough to carry me through the whole day. I'm going to get hungry again. How about you? We all get hungry. And we need to eat. But there's a food that we need even more than that which ultimately never satisfies. And Jesus said it, I am the bread of life. And they immediately go to the desert. Well, this is what Moses did. What are you going to do? It wasn't Moses. It was my Father in heaven. And he sent me. No one wants to say that physical food is not important. In fact, it is important. We labor for that which we eat so that we are not a burden upon others. And we also labor not only that we can eat, but that we can help those who are unable. We care for others. That's, that's who God calls us to be. And, and, and we are engaged in those ministries as a believing community. We're a part of what goes on at New Day Urban Ministries, which really is our face to the urban poor. We are also very involved in the San Diego Rescue Mission which is our face to those who are struggling. But we're also involved in ministries around the world, providing for those physical needs. And we have to do that because 
Hungry bellies have no ears. But we can't stop there. We have to go beyond the physical food. Jesus says, if you come to me, you will never hunger, you will never thirst again. He's not talking about physical food. He's talking about spiritual food, spiritual nourishment. And we talked about that a little bit last week. And devotional reading, which is wonderful. We can sit down and read the sixth chapter in 10 minutes max. But it's when you think about what you read. When you start unpacking it. When you start memorizing what you've read. Or maybe you memorize the seven I am statements and the context in which they are given. Not memorize the whole context, but to be able to say to someone, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Let me tell you about the context in which that was given. Started with feeding 5,000 men and the women and children as well. And Jesus challenging those who would follow him to look for a deeper source of nourishment. You can do that. Hopefully you'll be able to do that after we spend the month of June in the sixth chapter of John, which is why I encourage you to read it every week, maybe a couple of times. But we pursue beyond the mere physical food. And we've got to pursue beyond religious food as well. For there are those who think, well, you know what? I get my spiritual nourishment by by showing up on Sunday morning, being a part of an organization. Oh, my friends, the organization is broken. The church in America, the institutional church in America is not well. And I don't care what denomination you want to pick. They're all broken. They're so broken that now people pull away from them and say, we're going to start a non-denominational church because we're going to get it right. Guess what? They say if you ever find the perfect church, stay away. Stay away because you'll ruin it. We're all broken people. And we come together to remind ourselves of that, to remind ourselves of why Christ came and why did he come. Yes, to open that gate that we might be reconciled with God. But also to help us to understand our choices and the choices that we make and the choices that God has made for us that we might thrive within that environment. To believe in the one that God sent is more than just, oh yeah, check it out. I believe that's Jesus. There he goes. No, it's to listen. He talked about the kingdom of God and what it means for us to be a part of that, looking outwardly instead of inwardly. Religiosity is never going to provide that for you. Not the Presbyterian church, not the Catholic church, not the non-denominational church. We have to press beyond religious food. It's a placebo. 
to the food that God wants to give us. That deep spiritual sustenance. That's what satisfies. That's what helps us to be content regardless of the external circumstances. Oh, people look to politicians to solve the problems of the world. Oh, people will look to the church to solve the problems of the world. It's not going to happen. Because the government can't fix it, and neither can the institutional church. God's people, on the other hand. We have the answer. Because we have access to the bread of life. And if you want to know more about this bread of life, then you need to come back next Sunday as we continue this thrilling discussion through the sixth chapter of John. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. See, when we do communion before the sermon, well, it's still... Okay, I'm still working on it. I'm a work in progress. It's all about choices, right? Thank God for the choices that he made on our behalf. We gather to worship. Go forth, read the sixth chapter. We're going to spend a couple more weeks in this. Begin wrapping your mind around what it means that Jesus is the bread of life. Let him feed you. And then turn around and ask him to help you feed others because that's what we're called to do.